Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria in the year 2023. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, what's in in 2023 and what's out? Well, Erin, what's in and what's out? Okay, you know what's, you know what's in? What? Pasta grannies. Do you watch the pasta grannies on YouTube? No. Okay, well, the, let me tell you something. The pasta grannies on YouTube are in and the chaotic cooking on TikTok and Instagram is out. I cannot watch people schmear food on a center island one more time. Yeah, I saw some people cooking macaroni in a sink and I was like, absolutely not. And then a few days later, I got a scientist who took a like Q-tip and like tested how much bacteria is in a sink drain even after it's been cleaned. And I was like, that's why you don't cook macaroni in a sink. It is an unnecessary fad in every way. And the pasta grannies, Erin, the pasta grannies are like old Italian grannies that make pasta on film. And they have a cookbook oh. and they're so calming and wonderful and like a little bit mean. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. I, I love all those things. Um, my 2023 in, Needlepoint. Love it. My 2023 out, doom scrolling. Not doing it anymore. I am with you. I spent a lot of the holidays not doom scrolling, and I caught up on a lot of TV that way. (laughs) This week, we're joined by Tian Tran and Dana Schwartz to take on the following questions. How many votes for Speaker of the House can Kevin McCarthy lose before it stops being funny? What's a Nepo baby, and what did they do wrong? And why is watching small children run errands in Japan so compelling? All this and more right now. Alyssa, let's start 2023 on a kind of fun note. Oh, dare we? Let's listen. You are uniquely uh, qualified to understand what it takes to be Speaker of the House. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, Does he have it? But why would I make a judgment about something that may or may not ever happen? Uh, No, I don't think he has it, but that's up to his own 
people to make a decision as to how they want to be led or otherwise. Um, okay, so, you know, and I said this was from 2023. Alyssa, I lied. That sound was actually Nancy Pelosi speaking with Dana Bash, and it took place in mid-November of last year. Hmm. Who are they discussing? The one, the only, Kevin, Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. I'm just going to go ahead and say Nancy knew. Let's take a moment to uh, acknowledge the fact Nancy knew. Um, so as of Wednesday, I'm sure our listeners are aware, uh, Kevin McCarthy has failed to get the votes to be Speaker of the House. There have been three votes as of recording time. By the time you hear this, there will be more. And McCarthy is now further from his goal than he was when it started. At first, 19 Republicans were voting against him. Now, in the most recent uh, caucus, 20 Republicans have voted against him. He can only afford four defectors. 20 is more than four. <laughs> so this has brought business in Washington to a grinding halt because according to the Constitution, which I'm realizing now had some pretty significant design flaws, uh, <laughs> other members of Congress can't even be sworn in until a speaker is sworn in. So no congressional business can be done until this is taken care of. Alyssa, is this funny? Okay, so honestly, it's, is it funny? You kind of. Is it reap what you sow? Definitely. Um, the best part is, as we record, you say right now, Aaron, there may not even be votes later. They're trying to stop. They're trying right now. He has this is such utter chaos that they can't even. He's trying to adjourn the house at noon when they come in so that there doesn't have to be a vote. But he doesn't have enough votes to adjourn. Oh, my God. This is, but Aaron, do you know my favorite, favorite part of all this is, hmm. is that like, could you imagine finding yourself in this quagmire and having already given away the entire motherfucking store? Let's go through what Kevin McCarthy has bartered away in his deals with several devils. Okay, give it to me. He has agreed to end proxy voting, something that Speaker Pelosi did because of COVID, which was actually very nice and made sense, but that's the least of our issues. He's agreed to create a subcommittee on judiciary to uh, investigate weaponization of the federal government, whatever the actual fuck that means. He is going to set term limits on the ethics committee board, which would mean that all but one Democrat would get kicked off. He wants to conduct or has agreed to conduct a church style, in air quotes, investigation into the FBI and CIA. It gets better. He has promised to put Marjorie Taylor Greene on the oversight committee, one of the most coveted, <laughs> one of the most coveted positions in all of Congress after that numbnuts got scrapped from all of her committees for saying uh, violent and bigoted shit last time. He has promised to look at impeaching the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas. Mm -hmm. He has agreed to investigate the January 6th committee for investigating a coup. And uh, he has agreed to a threshold of five votes to oust a speaker, literally his own death sentence, to five votes. Now, let's just he's already got 20 people against him, so I'm not even sure what that good does him. And the last there are many other things, but the one other thing is so bizarre. He's agreed to adopt something called the Holman Rule, which allows lawmakers to use spending bills, spending bills, to defund specific programs 
fire federal officials or reduce their pay. Aaron, what else can he give the Freedom Caucus to get their votes? It seems like crazy town is full. Like, this is it. I don't know what he, he's got no tricks left up his sleeve. But if it's uh, him or Jim Jordan, I don't know who's worse. <laughs> I mean, he really did. Uh, he really did give the store away for sure. And this store is empty. He looted his own store. He looted his own store. This also reminds me of this really valuable adage for all aspects of life, which is, you know, in your romantic relationships, in your professional relationships, in your friendships, you do not fuck with crazy. You do not fuck with crazy. It's all like, it's, it's like, it starts out all fun. Like you're drunk driving a tandem bike back to the hotel in Fort Lauderdale (laughs) from the Applebee's, which you got kicked out of because you had too many marks. Uh, That's fun. That's like a fun story. You know, if you're fucking with crazy and then suddenly you piss them off and it's 3am on Christmas Eve and they're standing outside your parents' house calling you a pussy yep. because you won't go half seas on some cocaine with them. And you have no idea why right. they're even in Minnesota, you know? But they are because you opened the Pandora's box. You let the crazy in. You do not let the crazy in because that is what happens. You know, this also reminds me uh, the the humiliation of Kevin McCarthy, who fully deserves it fully. fully fully deserves it um and he's a great he should be put in textbooks in college classes that teach the art of fucking around and finding out because this is what happens politically and it's one of the most perfect examples of it i've ever seen have you ever been to okay so you know when you go to a wedding yeah. with like a traditional wedding ceremony and there's a part of it where the efficient says Uh, Any who object to this union, speak now or forever hold your peace. Now, in real life, nobody ever speaks up during that time, right? Right. Not that I've ever seen. No, same. If I had, it would be like the greatest story of my entire life. We would have told it 10 times over on this podcast. (laughs) We would have told it. Exactly. Um, But, you know, in in romantic comedies or in high drama, you know, Hollywood productions, there's always someone speaking up Mm -hmm. there. Nobody's ever, you know, during that time. I feel as though Kevin McCarthy is the bride at the wedding and the officiant is like, you know, he's about ready to be sworn in as speaker. It's all but assumed. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. And you got 20 crazy people standing up and being like, <laughs> I've got something to say. Me next. Me next. <laughs> uh, now Kevin just wants to cancel the whole wedding, um, which he should. But, but he, he won't. But he won't. I told you that story about one time. It was like right before the uh, Trump inauguration in 2017, January 2017. I was in D.C., eating. I went to a nice steakhouse in DC because I was just like, what else is there to do? I was by myself. And Kevin McCarthy was a couple tables over from me um, with his wife, I think. Yeah, it must have been his wife. And um, they were having a, a nice steak. It was a good steakhouse. DC has like good steakhouses because many there's so many unimaginative people who pass through there. Not residents. I'm talking about like the political transient class of people. Um, so he's, you know, Good steakhouses. He is drinking a Bud Light. Okay. When you're at a steakhouse, you don't need to like, you don't need to drink red wine. You don't need even need to drink alcohol, right? But if you're eating a really great steak and drinking Bud Light, that's like, it's the chicken McNuggets of beers, you know? 100%. 
hundred percent. Like he might as well, like, like he might as well just have some Kool-Aid with it. It's like, how could you ruin the flavor more? I would actually respect Kool-Aid. I'd be like, oh, I wonder what, what notes that brings out in the meat. He must carry that around with him. Yeah, that's fun. That's, that's a vibe. But yeah, it's like, I, I was just like, what this person has some something I don't trust him. I mean, I never did, but you know, there was something that I was just like, Mm-mm. well, after all of his coverage for the last uh, couple of days, I have finally stopped confusing him with Mark Meadows. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and you know, and I guess this is a great opportunity for us to say congratulations to the new Speaker of the House, George Santos of New York. Uh, George Santos, in addition to attending Ivy Leagues, uh, working for Wall Street. Oh, wait. I'm getting word. Did no, no, you're confusing real life with his made-up bio. Well, history books written by George Santos will tell the story of how George Santos was elected Speaker of the House while sitting alone in a blue vest on the House floor. <laughs> oh man, that guy's gonna not have a good time. Not New York's finest moment. The Republicans didn't figure it out, neither did the Democrats. Nope. Start spreading the news. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I also, here's one thing I want to say though. Uh, oh, two things. First of all, Matt Gates has done credit where it's due. The first funny thing he's ever done. Aaron, can you read it please? Oh my God. Okay. Let me pull it up. There was a letter sent to, I have to scroll. Okay. There's a letter sent to a, uh, Capitol building architect. So I don't know, somebody who's in charge of the the place. It's the architect of the Capitol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like in charge of, of office assignments and, and where different members of Congress uh, work, I'm assuming. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, this is the first time I've ever heard of it. And the building itself. They oversee the whole building. Yeah, sure. So uh, J. Brett Blanton, here's the letter. Dear Mr. Blanton, I write to inform you that the Speaker of the House office located in the U.S. Capitol building is currently occupied by Representative Kevin McCarthy. As of this morning, the 117th Congress adjourned sin, sinidai. Sinidai? Sine die. Sine die. Okay. Sine die. I really want a sine die. <laughs> and a speaker from the 118th Congress has not been elected. After three undeciding votes, no member can lay claim to this office. What is the basis in law, house rule, or precedent to allow someone who is placed second in three successive speaker elections to occupy the Speaker of the House office? How long will he remain there before he is considered a squatter? Please write back promptly, as it seems Mr. McCarthy can no longer be considered speaker-designate following today's balloting. Sincerely, Matt Gates, member of Congress. First funny thing he has ever done. Ever. And, and... That is legitimately quite funny. <laughs> that is legitimately funny. I will say, though, not to throw a bucket of cold water on it, um, Nancy Pelosi, who, you know, always knows what's up. Pelosi pointed out that there are people, families waiting to see their family members be sworn into Congress, and they all have to just sit there through the bullshit because their family members cannot be sworn into Congress until Republicans get done slap fighting each other. And some of the people brought like infants, like babies, waited all day yeah, of course. on Tuesday for the opportunity to to be with their family member as they got sworn into Congress. And Nancy was sort of like, can we just swear the rest of the Congress in so that the families can go home? Can the kids go home? Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like that's something Nancy and a small handful of other members of Congress would even think to notice. Um, so yeah, on one hand, very funny. Good job, Matt Gates. It's the only time I'm ever going to say that we will ever say that, but 
because we are an honest podcast, credit where credit is due. <laughs> credit where it's due. That was funny. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I, Kevin McCarthy is is really keeping California in the headlines in these last few days for sucking. I just want to point out that he is an example of why Bakersfield sucks specifically, not California but not California. No. California is kind of killing it right now. Yeah. Can you list a few cool things that are taking effect in the Golden State? Aaron, there are so many. I'll tell you the ones I'm the most excited about. Yay. First, first, so excited that the fur ban is in place. California. Uh, hold on. Let me see. California is the first state to ban the sale and manufacture of fur products. The new law bars Californians from selling or making clothes, shoes, or handbags. Now, there was one part of the rule where I was like, what? Record scratch? Go back. Yeah. I know where this is. I know what this is because I was the same. I was like, what? Excludes the sale of dog and cat fur. I was like, excuse me, but that's for taxidermy purposes. Oh. In case you lose a beloved and you want to stuff them so you can keep them for forever, that's still acceptable and doesn't count under this ban. Okay. What else? Oh, another great one that I did not ever realize could be a problem. The rape kit DNA rights. Uh, Under this law, law enforcement agencies are no longer allowed to use DNA collected during rape kit tests for investigation of other crimes. I was like, in what world would anyone do this? But apparently the law exists because in San Francisco, the police department had used DNA collected from a victim of sexual assault to tie that victim to a property crime. So that's a good one. Oh my God. Why can't they use some of that creativity to solving rapes instead of prosecuting rape victims? Oh my God. And the backlog. (laughs) This is which ones do you like? Which what do you like that California's been up to this year? Um, I really well, the fur ban I thought was good. Uh, it's and it, it bans the sale of like new fur coats, so you can still buy a vintage fur coat that makes still going to be dead. I gotta be honest, I uh, I have some fur coats because my Oma had fur coats, and when she was quite old, she would wear them to the grocery store. And this one woman was like, "You know, fur is cruelty," and she's like, "This animal's been dead for seventy years." So I was like, <laughs> "Oh, Germans, they're so funny." Right, right, right. Um, okay, well, I'm excited about the way that California is protecting abortion and protecting mm-hmm. the rights of women and people who uh, seek abortion care in the state of California from prosecution from other states. I think those are called long arm laws and it just kind of slaps away the long arm of Mm -hmm. laws in places like say Texas, uh, where they're trying to prosecute women from that state who go to other states to receive abortion care. It also abolishes the requirement. This is AB 2223 is the law I'm talking about. It also abolishes the requirement that coroners investigate stillbirths and it protects someone who helps a pregnant woman end their pregnancy voluntarily from criminal or civil liability. So that's pretty cool. I I'm, I'm into that. Um, I'm also into uh, a, a similarly structured law that aims to protect trans youth. Um, the bill is designed to aid children from other states in coming to California for sex change procedures and treatment. It would stop states like Texas and Florida from removing children from parents who elect to put them through gender affirming healthcare. And the language in the law is uh, medically necessary healthcare that respects the gender identity of the patient as experienced and defined by the patient. Um, the law also uh, blocks out-of-state subpoenas 
and it prevents health providers from sharing information with out-of-state entities. And oh, it also gives California courts the ability to make child custody decisions if the child is in California for the purpose of receiving gender-affirming health care. All that's good. All good. Great stuff. Yeah, it sucks that the law has to exist, but I'm glad that it does. New York did one good thing over the holidays. What? No more puppy mills here. Oh, good. Congratulations. Congratulations. Can't sell puppies. Oh, so does that mean that store that's on 8th Avenue and like 14th Street with puppies in the window? Probably will not be there anymore. Oh, this would be my, like my favorite thing to look at when I was walking to work, when I walked over by, or when I worked over by Chelsea Pierce, but that's an insidery conversation. Um, <laughs> we have an update from one of the last things we talked about at the end of 2022. There was an arrest in the murder of the four University of Idaho students that were found in a home um, in uh, November. Uh, we had been talking about how it seemed like the police didn't know what was going on. Uh, this case has gone from being something that was like, oh my God, horrifying to something that's like, oh God, this is going to be true crime fodder for like decades. It was so uh, disappointing almost to see that this guy uh, was pursuing a PhD in criminology. Ew. I know. How many movies about him are we going to have to endure? Oh, so bad. 28-year-old Brian Koberger uh, was arrested six weeks after the killings in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. Uh, he waived extradition, so he's heading back to Idaho. We don't know very much more about the case because I guess under Idaho law, there's some rules governing what information they're allowed to release until the person's first court appearance. So we're not going to know anything. All I'm learning are completely irresponsible takes I'm seeing on TikTok. And I have had to stop watching them because I'm like, what the fuck do you, what are you talking about? No, none of you know anything. Wait, what was it? Wait, hold on. What can be an irresponsible take about a criminal, a PhD in criminology murdering six people? I think that like the interviews with his classmates oh. where news outlets try to piece together a motive, like we don't know anything about the motive. And I don't really want, like, you know, there's, there've been um, these imposter um, Instagram accounts that have popped up with his name and oh, the imposter God. accounts have been like following the murder victims. And there are people on TikTok reporting that as it, as though the imposter accounts were really him. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah. It's a real maelstrom of, of uh, disinfo speculation and rumor. And as, as frustrating as it is to, if you cared about the case or you, you, cared about the safety of the community as frustrating as it is to like work wait until you get information it's just like you have to all everything else is just speculative we do though i will say i mean i specifically think i was probably hard on the moscow idaho police department makes a little bit more sense now why it was hard for them to suss out who this like one, they may have been gathering the clues like they found this person who seems quite complicated to have been found so you know Maybe they weren't as asleep at the wheel as I thought they were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were. Uh, Col Koberger was apprehended by Pennsylvania State Police, though. So they were they were the ones that actually did. They, but that's where they found him. That's not who figured out it was him, though. Yeah. I guess we'll learn more as, as things unfold. Who knows? Who knows? Two armchair experts. We will. We will. I'm glad, you know, I read that after the murders took place, a lot of the students at the college in town in Moscow went home because they were so scared. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. 
Jesus. <laughs> and I hope that as horrifying as it is to think of this being just a guy who just picked these people up at random, I hope that the community can feel a little bit safer now um, because that, what a scary time to live through in that town. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, that's all the time we have for news today. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finally get to that Nepo Babies article from Vulture that came out too late for us to talk about last year. So can't wait. Stick around. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, (laughs) not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. <laughs> I refuse to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. 
They're very like on oh. a, almost like a couch nap. You know, you have like a oh yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm gonna just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah, perfect, perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers, I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy, hundred percent. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee. While the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're. They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. At KPMG, we make the difference. It's not just something we say. It's what we do. Our professionals believe in the value of collaboration and the power of technology. We work closely with clients to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity, develop bold solutions that innovate industries, and create better outcomes driven by data. Brighter insights, bolder solutions, better outcomes. It's how our people make the difference, driving growth and value for our clients. KPMG, make the difference. And welcome back. Alyssa, quick question for you. Mm. Do you know who my father is? Do you know who my father is? Do I know who your father you know, is? I mean, like I have been waiting in line to get in this club with the regular people. And I think you'd be a little embarrassed if you knew who my father was. Isn't he Mr. Ryan? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just want to make yes. sure. And he was a social worker, so he cannot get me into any clubs whatsoever. Maybe he could write me a recommendation for the anthropology department at the University of Wisconsin Superior because he did very well when he was an undergrad in the 1970s. I would take advantage of that to its very fullest. I know. I mean, in a way, I am a Nepo baby, um, but I try not to kind of flag it. I work just as hard as everybody else. Um, Yeah. Okay. So speaking of fathers, (laughs) uh, (laughs) she is a uh, regular panelist on Hysteria. You know her and love her. She's a comedian, writer, director, and actor who can be seen on Hulu's How I Met Your Father. Tian Tran, welcome to Hysteria. Hello. It's so good to see you all. It's been a while. You've been working. You've been a working actor. I've been I've been a working gal. A working gal. But I but I've missed you all so much. I you too. What? Okay, I asked Alyssa this at the top of the show, so I'm going to ask you this now. Okay. What is one thing that's in for 2023 and one thing that's out for 2023? 
Okay, in for 2023 is um, wholesome content. I really, I'm loving all the earnestness that's coming out of everyone's pages. And out <laughs> out for me is big surprises. Um, I, I just experienced one in my family and it was very stressful. So I think we need to all be on the same page when it comes to event planning and announcements. I just, I don't. I can't do surprises anymore. I need to be fully informed of everything. You need to be sent a party synopsis before I the do. Party so that there aren't any jump scares. I need the party minutes before I attend. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I think that's totally <laughs> fair. Uh, rounding out our panel today, she's a New York Times bestselling author and possibly an actual genius. You can pre-order her forthcoming book, Immortality, <laughs> A Love Story, now. Dana Schwartz, welcome to Hysteria. Thank you for having me. It's also, Tian, I feel like it's been so long. I this know. It's so, good to, it's so good to see you. Oh. That's how I feel. This is like such a delightful reunion. Oh, I wish we could all be in the same room. But alas, I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and everyone else is scattered to the four winds. Um, but we'll all get together sometime soon. So we're physically in the same place. Uh, Dana, in that spirit, what's something that's in and something that's out for uh, 2023? In dinner parties. Okay. Ooh, nice out um like instagram dumps pick dumps oh oh i think we're gonna go back i hope to like a low effort social media where you can just do like one picture like like old school instagram mm-hmm. right because i you only want to move your thumb in the up and down direction having to do the other way yes i agree too much i think the dump was originally designed to seem casual but now it's crossed that point where people are like curating their dumps oh. in a non-casual way. And so that's why I think they're out. I, I think love, we need a I new word besides dump. dump. I, I, I don't like, it just means, I don't know. <laughs> we need a new word. I, um, love, I love a photo run. Yeah, you can keep it if we, if we get a new word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a barrage. <laughs> it sounds fancy. A slurp. <laughs> a slurp. Oh God! Buffet, okay. huh? Photo buffet. Uh, a photo Ooh, buffet. I like right. that. That works for me. Or uh, tapas, photo tapas. Just photo a, little, tapas. a little bite of several little things. Instagram little small snap. plates. Yeah, yeah. A little nosh. Exactly. A, nosh. a little nosh. <laughs> um, okay, I'm really excited to talk about this topic this week because there was an article that came out at the end of December 2022, and the second it came out, I was like, first of all. Vulture really went for it. They went hard. The article goes so hard. It just, I immediately pictured that gif from, I believe, Waiting to Exhale, where an actress is walking away from a car that she has just lit on fire <laughs> and snapping into the sky. Um, yeah. Okay. So Vulture published an article on Nepo babies, AKA people who work in arts and entertainment who come from well-connected families or are themselves the children of famous people. So this is a topic that had been sort of bubbling up all year in 2022. Um, I guess the first time a lot of us saw it was in that tweet where that woman learned about Judd Apatow through Maude Apatow's acting, which I thought was, which was very funny. Um, but everything kind of felt like it came to a head with that piece. And since then, the topic of the Nepo baby has been pretty dominant in the way we talk about celebrities, at least until there's some like giant celebrity story that eclipses it. I'm going to just read an excerpt in case you haven't read this piece. We'll, we'll link it in, in show notes, but it's a, it's a delight. It is a, a fiery, spicy delight. 
Okay, here's an excerpt from the piece. Better to imagine Nepo babies on a spectrum. At the top are the classic Nepo babies, inheritors of famous names and famous features, Dakota Johnson, Maya Hawk, Jack Quaid. The next tier down are people who got a leg up from family connections, even if they were not famous per se. These include figures like Lena Dunham, whose artist parents supplied the necessary cultural capital, as well as industry babies like Billie Eilish, daughter of a voice actress, and Kristen Stewart, whose mother was the script supervisor on the Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas. I'm, I'm a little bit of a stretch. That's such a stretch. You leave Kristen Stewart out of this. She's got that Viva Rock Vegas connection. Yeah. <laughs> the Hadid sisters are a tricky case, as with that other famous Palestinian, Jesus Christ, the benefits of the filial relationship clearly flowed both ways. And we can probably draw a line when it comes to figures like Paris Hilton, for whom the term rich people is already sufficient. So, Dana, do you have anything <laughs> yeah. to add to that definition of the Nepo baby? OK, here's my wild take. I actually don't mind entertainment Nepo babies. OK, I think. I think privilege exists in every industry and sphere. Mm -hmm. And like that is an unfortunate reality that I think we need to contend with as a country. And I think we are sort of using Nepo babies as this convenient scapegoat to like get out our frustrations about that system in a way that's like not actually the place where it needs to go because movies, entertainment is so visible. Like Billie Eilish isn't an international pop star because her mom was a voice actor. Like you also have to have the goods and like, they're not going to make you the lead of a multimillion dollar movie as a favor to your parents. You also, it's like, they also are good looking because their parents are good looking. I think the real Nepo babies that like, unfortunately are less fun to talk about are like, the hedge fund managers mm -hmm. who are multimillionaires because their dads invest with them. And like the do nothing VPs of companies who just make, you know, six, seven figures a year doing nothing mm -hmm. where it's like actually like entertainment Nepo babies have the same, you know, it's like, yes, of course, privilege exists and we like to talk about it, but it's like, they at least have to do the thing where there are like actual systemic problem Nepo babies who will just never know because they're not famous. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tian, you work in Holly Weird, as we call it <laughs> on this show. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I mean, but but like, you know, being, you know, working on a show and having worked in writer's rooms in front mm -hmm. of and behind the camera, you know that like the whole entertainment industry is full of like coveted jobs, like that that people really dream of having their whole lives. So for people who aren't in the industry, how common are Nepo babies in things like production, development, like studio execs, et cetera? Like how, what have you observed? I mean, what I've noticed that it is fairly common and I, I, Dana, I, I like kind of agree with you. I am, I am somewhat frustrated by entertainment Nepo babies because it is, it is all about connections. It is all about, and of course there is privilege across like so many industries. I'm just speaking from my experience of like being a part of Hollywood, but it is frustrating <laughs> to see like the level of like it's who you know getting that foot in the door is so important and like if your dad or mom is someone who's very famous and you're already getting that leg up like you've already skipped so many people that you're not as good as is what I think like I think there's like a a a, 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 a spectrum of being like they're fine enough and they're famous that allows them to get through so I find it frustrating I also find it frustrating in that like 
the thing about Nepo babies or anyone with like parents with a ton of money is that like getting into creative industries is so hard and it takes like not making a lot of money or to like doing multiple things. And I feel like the benefit of being a Nepo baby is like you could have your rent paid. I know stories of like comedians where their parents have paid for rent for them in New York or LA. And I don't like, I get that. You should absolutely take advantage of that opportunity from your parents. But it does give you a total leg up that you don't have to worry about living check to check as you're trying to write jokes about relationships, you know, like it, it adds mm-hmm. a different level of stress in getting into the industry. Right. I totally agree with you. I think like becoming a creative like necessitates financial privilege because mm-hmm. you just, you can't work creatively if you're also working, you know, 10 hours a day and mm-hmm. you just can't like, and there, there's so many unpaid internships. I think where I sort of take issue with like the Nepo baby discussion is when like I was like looking at like the vulture thing and it was like Timothy Chalamet, nephew to like the oh, yeah. supervisor of leprechauns <laughs> too. And you're like, well, that's just like, <laughs> he just grew up in New York. Like at a certain point, like I Nepo babies exist, but I think that the, the term Nepo baby has become anyone who grew up in LA and mm-hmm. who had any mm-hmm. family person. And so I think, we need to focus the conversation more to like privilege and financial privilege. And also, I think in the industry, there are so many Nepo babies that you never uh, hear of because they're like producers or agents or like, you know, sort of behind the scenes. Yeah, I partly agree with the point you're making, Dana, about people just kind of being in the industry. And it's like, you know, if you're if you're I don't know. Coco is about a Nepo baby. It's about a family of shoemakers. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> your parents do something. It, it sort of becomes a family business. You become aware of the lay of the land. You understand how the industry works in a way that somebody coming in from outside might not understand. And so it gives you a leg up in terms of like meetings that you get and people that, that are, that are willing to even like read your script or, or, you know, see you for an yeah. audition. But I think it also gives you a leg up because you're maybe a little bit more mentally prepared for what Mm -hmm. fame is. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to bring up Britney Spears as an example of somebody who was not mentally prepared for what fame is. And I'm not saying that everybody that doesn't come from a a rich family or a connected family is going to have such a a sad descent as, as Britney Spears did. But I think it's a good example of a person who was sort of plucked from obscurity to be picked for the Mickey Mouse Club, rocket shipped to fame that that probably she was not prepared for. Nobody mm-hmm. in her family was really prepared for and was surrounded by people who just wanted to use her like a giant cash machine and didn't necessarily have the wherewithal to, first of all, like the ability to withstand the pressure of fame um, and the wherewithal to protect herself from people who would try to take advantage of her. Um, so I think that's like a good example of how like, you know, growing up or having some kind of savvy or familiarity with how the industry works without having a baptism by fire can actually be kind of good. Hmm. Um, Alyssa, so a lot of people have pointed out that Nepo babies exist in other industries as well. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about the way that Nepo babies are able to uh, be part of the government? Thrive in politics. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Come on. It's like, you know, the one thing is and it's it's the same like the one thing I was thinking that makes it so hard in Hollywood is 
getting an agent, mm-hmm. right? You can't do anything if you don't have an agent. And Nepple Babies, if nothing else, can get agents, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they can get good agents. And, and it helps them. In D.C. or in politics in general, it's like the same thing. You know, it's like, look at all the people who, you know, who who's my biggest, and I'm spacing on his name, his first name. It's the redheaded Kennedy who ran for Senate? Was it Patrick? I think so. What was his name? That, that sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. That sounds like the name of a Kennedy. A redheaded Kennedy <laughs> named like Patrick. The thing, right? Like he is a con- he was a congressman. He was so young. It's like, can't you just be this was my my Nepo issue. Joe Kennedy. No, Joe Kennedy is the one from Louisiana that looks like a melting candle. And I can say that because his politics are bad. Joe Kennedy the third. Okay, thank you. Uh, another another Joe. Another Joe Kennedy. People named Kennedy need to stop naming their children Joe. Yeah. Let's but it was like, dear Joe Kennedy the third, Lil Joe, you were a congressman and you were like, you know what? This is the th- this is the thing about the the political nepo babies. They don't think they have to pay any dues. It's like you're a congressman mm. and you're still kind of a baby, but you're like I'm going to take on Ed Maki. And you know what? He lost. And it was a good lesson and I think people should do that cuz like experience does matter and Ed Maki is a great guy. But like in politics, if you're a young if you're a child of someone who was in politics, you can get the internships. Like you guys said, doesn't you usually don't have to worry about doing the internship for free because you're fine. You can get political donors because they're your parents' friends or the children of their donors or the donors themselves. And like I had one kid, uh, a Nepo baby, who uh, I was asked to take a meeting with when I was at the White House. He wanted he wanted to work oh at my the God, White Juicy Goss. Oh, love it, love it. he comes in. And sits down at my cross from me. And he's like, hi, Alyssa. Now, first of all, Ms. Master Monaco to you, you little bitch. I didn't tell you you could call me Alyssa. And uh, unless you say you can't pronounce my last name, but then you still shouldn't be here because you should just have Googled my name on YouTube. But he sits down and he's like, I think you need my skill set. And I was so amused. I was like, what's your skill set? And he basically told me that he could connect me to all these other rich donors. (sighs) And he was saying things. And I was like, do you know that everything you just said to me is illegal? (laughs) He was like, what? I was like, everything you just said to me is illegal. So thank you so much and goodbye. And his his dad called me very smartly to apologize. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. Your son has terrible judgment. Oh. So he's not getting a job here. But like the hubris, you know, that's the thing I think with the political Nepo the babies. Hubris. It's the, the hubris. hubris. It's the I'm going to come in. And I think that there is... Something slight like that, that's a little bit maybe of a differentiator between that and the Hollywood Nepo babies, because I feel like the Hollywood Nepo babies can't have that much. I mean, like they can have their hubris on the inside, but I feel like they can't have it on the outside because it's easier to disqualify them for not having talent in a way. Yeah, I guess. that's it. It's you like know? talent. I, I agree also, Tian, where it's like people get a leg up over more talented people, mm-hmm. but it's like in other industries, you can have no talent. You can yeah. just be awful. exactly at least See, the- Nepo babies in Hollywood are usually like good looking because of their parents' genes, which isn't <laughs> like they will us. They will eventually get sort of like one of the funny things in that uh, in that Vulture article was um, the ding on Sam Watterson's daughter, oh. where it said she was smartly cast out of whatever. Like like you can be famous 
the I feel like the nepo gets you the access, but doesn't take yeah. you all the way. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other industries, I think it can take you all the way. See, mm-hmm. my favorite because of since we're talking about talent, my favorite type of nepo baby is the sports nepo baby because I'm rooting for the sports nepo baby. There is no other nepo baby industry that I'm actively rooting for. Like I'm rooting for Bronny James. And the other one that I can never remember the name of. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy even... Mahomes is a bit of a Nepo baby, but he just sort of also like he just got really good genes. Yeah, <laughs> and like, you know, I'm root I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for those Nepo babies because I'm like, you do have the access with your like famous sports father. And I think there is so much pressure to being the child of someone who's the greatest of all time. And so you can't hide from whether or not you can like dunk on someone or not. So yeah, I, I always, I always will root for a Nepo sports baby. I actually think LeBron James's son is so funny. My husband is a big sports guy and we were literally talking about it this morning, bringing up Nepo babies. And he's like, LeBron James just really wants to play with his son. And so he's strong in the system and trying to like sort of force his team to draft his son. So it's like his son isn't even a Nepo baby. He's like a vanity baby. Yeah. (laughs) LeBron James is just using his clout because he wants to play with his son. And you know what? I want that. I don't care. That one. uh, LeBron, move mountains for that. (laughs) I feel the same way about Tiger Woods and his son because – his when they played together, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because the son was basically like, Dad used to be good. <laughs> I think I think part of the the Nepo baby thing, like so now we're seeing a lot of people being asked whether or not they're a Nepo baby in interviews, which is to the 2022-2023 discourse, what asking starlets if they were feminists was to oh, the 2011, mm. 2012 discourse. Just an unfair question. And and look, I shouldn't be giving Nepo babies advice because they've got tons of free advice around them all the time and have, have since they were born. But if you are a Nepo baby, if, if if there's any way that that your parentage could be construed as like a Nepo baby type situation, and you could ask that question in an interview, you say, I don't think that's a very fair question. This, this feels like a trap. And then laugh and then move on. Or this question feels like a trap. <laughs> Whatever. You can just move on. Right. You don't need yeah. to. Don't need to defend yourself and how hard you worked. I think Jamie Lee Curtis had a really good example. She was like, of course I got a leg up because I'm, you know, Tony Curtis's daughter. And Janet Lee, I mean, it's like, cause she was a scream queen. They thought it was like fun to cast another scream queen. Mm-hmm. Right. But then she actually produced. She was great in that role. Mm-hmm. She, she stepped up to it. And, you know, in a, in a parallel reality, could somebody else whose parents were not Janet Lee and Tony Curtis have done that role and done a good job? Probably. But, you know, what we have Jamie Lee Curtis in that role and she did a great job. We're trying to trick them all into saying we like we need them all to say like, yes, I benefited from privilege to like to what end? Like we all know what they did. Mm -hmm. I think that everybody loves a rags to riches story and it gives you so much capital as a star that if you don't have a rags, I mean, like Barbara Stanwyck, you know, her her rags to riches story is like sort of the the platonic ideal of like a rags to riches story. Somebody who was like an orphan or one of like 12 kids and they grew up poor and then they, <laughs> and then they, they ran away to Hollywood where they danced on a stage and a producer saw them, you know, like that sort of a thing. And or like, oh, I love when you pull out the old time. It's, it's, like it's not even a good version. If, if I talked to somebody who actually had that accent, they'd be like, what on earth are you doing? Um, but, <laughs> I mean, like Rosie Perez is a good example of somebody who like, 
was like, has this great Hollywood story of like, oh yeah, she was discovered dancing in a club and got in a fight with Spike Lee, you know, like Nepo babies, I think don't get the benefit of like, yeah, I was like hustling between auditions and I was living in my car. And then I got this call. Like that's a feel good. JLo. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how Alden Ehrenreich got discovered? No. This is his, so his dad is like an orthodontist. So he's not like a typical Nepo baby, but he grew up in LA and he was in, did you guys go to like bar and bat mitzvahs where the, their friends like make little videos for them? Mm-hmm. He was in a video for one of his no. friends at a bar mitzvah and Steven Spielberg saw it and was like, that kid's got it. Oh my God. No. See, that's like literally a dream casting come directors. true. <laughs> I, I shot so many short little sketches with my friends in Erie, Pennsylvania, and hoping that Steven Spielberg would see me one day. Yeah. He <laughs> saw him in a little sketch that he was 12 or 13, did with his friends. And Steven Spielberg was like, get that kid a casting agent. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> are, I, are any of us Nepo babies? Like, do any of us have any connection to the industries where we now make our money? I mean, does it count that my sister was on Ghost Rider? Yes, absolutely. You should have Damn been it. Okay. Nepo. Fine. My dad is an insurance agent and my mom is a, a part-time realtor, but my grandmother's first cousin-in-law, um, wrote the lyrics to Fiddler on the Roof. Oh. Oh, wow. Wow, Dana, I can't believe you waited until this point to tell us. <laughs> to drop that bomb. I feel very misled. So that's how you became a New York yeah. Times bestseller. <laughs> okay. I've never met him. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cool connection, though. That's, that is a that's cool connection. Like Nepo. That's like, cool. Yeah, it's like, and the connection in that family, like, so my grandma's cousin was once nominated for an Oscar in the 80s, Ooh. which is cool. She was Wait, that's so cool. Yeah. Her name is Barbara Berry. She was nominated for this movie called Breaking Away. Oh. I love Breaking Away. What? Breaking my Away is an incredible yeah. movie. Yeah. Shut the up. The mom in that is my grandma's cousin. Wow. Wow. Breaking Away <laughs> is top tier sports. Oh my God. Movie. Top tier. Wow. It's a great movie. It's about kids racing bikes. It's great. It Go is. See it. It's a Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Dennis, isn't that Dennis? It's Dennis Quaid. Wow. Will your kids be Nepo babies? I mean, Alyssa, you have made the choice to be a gift giver and party aunt. My cats are Nepo babies. Okay. (laughs) My cats will thrive. If they want internships, they will get them wherever they want. But I've raised lazy for children, so I'm not worried about it. uh, Tian, if you you end up having children at some point, would they be considered Nepo babies? And like, how would you advise them to, or how would you guide them to not be obnoxious versions of that? Oh my, good question. Well, I don't, well, I don't think we will have children. So they won't, I won't have any real Nepo babies, but in my imaginary Nepo babies. I want to do that kind of thing where, like, you know, I put, I said, I said, like the fake Nepo baby challenge, which is like you set aside some money that they can't touch until a certain year until they prove themselves. And like, <laughs> they have to like work their way up. Um, I think I would, if, if I would just tell them to like be self aware enough to like have the humility to admit that they've had like, different opportunities and or a leg up in different situations. Like, I don't mind the Nepo baby that is self-aware to be like, no, I know I I had 
like I know I had a leg up and I, and, and I got in and now I'm trying to work hard and like, I want to not, that I, I don't want that to be the thing that defines me, even though it does. Like anytime I read an interview for, from a Nepo baby that says something like that, I'm like, okay, you get it. So that is what I would tell. I would write the PR statements for my children um, <laughs> to say something along those lines. For the ultimate Nepo parent move. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, how about you? I think our kids would like qualify as like mini Nepo babies. Like again, if like script supervisor of Viva Rock Vegas counts, like I think Ian and I combined yeah. are like, you, you know, you we're on the vulture list. Yeah, you definitely do. But I would... I would not let my children be performers. I don't think children should be actors. I think if AI mm. acting does anything, it should be kids. We shouldn't let kids be in the industry. Um, and I would never pay my kids rent because I think that's messed up. Mm -hmm. And I would never um, <laughs> do give them an introduction if they would be in, like only if it's genuinely really good where I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, where I would never let them embarrass me. I don't want them like sending their shitty short <laughs> stories to my editor. That would be embarrassing <laughs> to me. So it's like, I wouldn't give them connections unless they're already really good. That's mm -hmm. That is a really good one. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, everything you do is amazing. I'd be like, no, this isn't good enough. <laughs> I mean, I think that's I think that's important. It's not good enough. But I, lo I love you regardless. You, you I love you, but it's not a professional level. That's, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I've, I've thought about this. Um, so Juniper is when she was born, we were like, OK, we didn't know if she was going to be a boy or a girl. Um, beforehand we were like okay no football no mm. uh no sports that are like or no sports or activities that are closely associated with like disordered eating and really fucked up body image so like mm. probably no ballet um and then she was born with like amazing double joints that like like she's the <laughs> most like she even she has like hypermobility of her joints which is like a, a thing that sometimes happens with babies and children so it's like, okay, well, I guess we have to let her like do some kind of dance. And then uh, we were like, okay, no acting, no, no act, no child acting. And uh, her first command that she would follow is if you said the word Bravo, she would start clapping. Oh, <laughs> she's a little Broadway baby. She's a Broadway baby. Not you have Le Leah Michelle. <laughs> she's Broadway baby or Cirque du Soleil. Those I, are the two options. I know. I really <laughs> want her to become like an engineer. I would be so, so proud of her <laughs> to break the cycle of being. I mean, like the thing is, I think of being someone who's creative and public is there is a type of like misery and anxiety involved in it that I would like to spare her from. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I like what I do. I don't think that there's anything else that I could do as well as I do this. Um, but I hope she's better at something else. And so she can do that thing uh, because mm -hmm. entertainment can be kind of a cold place. Uh, and, and even if you are well-connected and, and, and it requires so much of you putting yourself out there and having yourself rejected that it's really, it's, it's not like you're working at a, at a job where um, you perform and you turn your work in and then you have a selfhood that feels separate from work mm -hmm. uh, when you're mm -hmm. in like entertainment and creative creative field it's you get really entangled in it and so I kind of hope that she's spared that I hope that she doesn't have to I don't hope that she doesn't become a nepo baby because I don't want her to have to go through some of the things that other people and me have like gone through in this 
Do you guys think dentists are happy? Dentists? Yeah, just like yeah. normal jobs. Like maybe that's the way to be the most happy. To be a dentist. Yeah. I mean, just like be like a, a dentist or an electrical engineer and just like do your little hobbies on weekends. Yeah. I think, I think that that might be the case. I think it also is yeah. really important to do something because you want to do it, not because your parents want you to do yeah. it, or because you feel like yeah. you have to because your parents did it. And I think that the most functional relationships that people have with their careers are ones where their parents aren't like meddling, you know, mm, where, where, totally. where it feels like it's something that they've chosen for themselves and something that they are doing for themselves. Um, so, so yeah, I guess, I guess that's my, that's kind of a long answer. I've thought about it a lot because it seems like my kid likes to perform and I'm like, she's not, I'm not letting her. I can't wait till her first appearance on the pod. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh she's going to be a born podcaster. Oh, yeah. She's going to be a little tiny baby <laughs> podcaster. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Sanity Corner, I Feel Petty to kick off 2023. At KPMG, our people make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. Combining the power of people and technology, we uncover brighter insights, innovate bolder solutions, and create better data-driven outcomes. KPMG. Make the difference. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. You can start your day off right when you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. And welcome back. Tien and Dana are still with me, as is Alyssa. We are going to just get right to Sanity Corner. I feel petty because there's no housekeeping this week. Our house is perfectly clean. We don't have anything else to do. Um, Alyssa, are you Sanity Corner or I feel petty this week? Mine's a little bit of a combo. A little bit. Um, But I guess it's more of a Sanity Corner. Uh, You guys, I have reached... Uh, I have reached an age where I'm losing control of my hormones and parts of my body. And uh, my period starts coming whenever it wants to, despite being a 20-year devotee of the Nuva Ring. And um, you guys, I know it's very 1995 of me, as my sister says, but pampering is baller. Okay, you need to take three, not two. But I have to say, I'm like, I need something to help me. Like, my cramps are terrible. I'm so bloated. It's, like, worse than it's ever been. And I went out on a limb when I was at the shop, right? And I was like, what is this pamperin? And I bought it. And honestly, do not sleep on pamperin. It has got me back on my feet. I mean, not great. My hormones still make me cry for no good reason. But, but the bloating, you guys, like, 
as we've discussed, I do not have children, but I look four months pregnant when I get my period now because I am so bloated and so disgusting in any way. So my sanity corner is a copious amounts of pampering. Mm, like this is the first time I've ever heard of pamper. I'm being dead serious. What is it just a... It's like a pill. Is it? Have you heard of Midol? Yes. Oh, okay. 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 It's like the earlier, it's kind of like the the older sister, okay. I think, of yeah. Midol. It comes in a very retro-looking bottle. I don't think they've spent money on marketing in years. Good for them. But uh, listen, when you go look for tampons, look on the bottom <laughs> shelf. And there's there are like your water pills, your Vagisil, your Monistat, your Pamperin, and your Midol. Yeah. What are you know, water pills? So anyway, yeah, what are water pills? What? the fuck you guys are so young sorry water pills are what you take when you're bloated don't you don't you follow women from the 1950s what does it do? anyway they work too oh. it like if you're bloated it just gets the it makes you pee oh 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 that's oh, not, oh, that's oh, not oh, my scientific got it, got it. definition okay, 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 it's not okay. my scientific definition i'm it. saying when you take a water pill you get less bloated. okay so i i have those two oh, man all these things i feel <laughs> yeah, are advertised, so advertised back to back on wheel of fortune um that's what I you know what aaron that's about okay. right that's a little family feud a little <laughs> wheel of fortune yeah, yeah. That's where you will see a Pamperin commercial. Actually, you won't. You'll see it in you'll see it in a Women's Day magazine. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's okay. I I am using this as my sanity as a public service announcement like for other women who are crampy, bloated, can't control their bodies, have given up on Advil. Try Pamperin mm. or like use them both. I also do that. Mm, interesting. I've got a tangentially mm-hmm. related um, period, Sandy Petty. And uh, I'm just, mm. I'm just going to jump in and go second because it, it just kind of dovetails, if you will. Great. I love to pave the way. Yes. I think 2023 is the year that we get rid of concealed carry when it comes to our tampons. In 2023, mm. we got to open carry those things. <laughs> who cares? If people, if pe- who cares if people know you're on your period? If they can't handle it, they don't deserve to be out in public because guess what? A lot of people who menstruate go out in public, and yeah. if you can't, you can't, you can't comport with that. Then, then like stay home and I don't know, play Parcheesi or whatever little baby <laughs> games you need to play because you're so <laughs> immature. Did you see the TikTok where they use the tampon to close the wine bottle? Oh, I've what? done that before. What you can use it? Okay, that's so helpful. Yes. You can use a tampon to but close it, the wine. It bottle. feels like it would soak through. Well, you just don't. don't no, because you put it at the top, like after a- you've. You use it instead of a cork. That makes sense. Which, by the way, is what my mother used to call tampons. Cork? A cork? Yikes. Put a cork in it? Nice. Yeah. You know, I, I like that, Aaron, because you, know you know the gun holsters that are on like, you can hold it like kind of like a vest and it's on both sides? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get one <laughs> and I'm just going to like fill them with tampons Maybe. on either side. The most popular and give them out like party favors. I'll give them out like party favors. Yeah. You want one? I got some. You want one? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Who needs a tampon? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people at any given time, a lot of people. <laughs> so I, I think that it's time that we stop concealing them. They are for the comfort of people. Concealing them is for the comfort of people who does not, do not deserve comfort. Yeah. So Ooh. yeah. So that's, well said. that's my well said. Um, Tian. Well said. You want to go next? Yeah, sure. I have a sanity corner. Um, which I'm very excited about. It's like, it's almost like a future sanity corner. I just spent two weeks back to back with both sides of my family, like my partner's family and my family. And I loved it dearly, but it is 
a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very much looking forward to there's a new season of Old Enough on Netflix. (gasps) Which which is, for those of you who don't know what Old Enough is, it is a a Japanese game show reality show show documentary yeah game show documentary where little like between the ages of sometimes they go as as low as two and a half but two and a half to like five years old little kids are allowed to go on their first old enough journey where they have to do an errand for their parents by themselves in their small town and it's (laughs) Oh, it's very protected. They they close the streets off. The camera people are everywhere, so you don't have to fear for the safety of the child. But it is literally my favorite, like, turn my brain off show and watch, like, a little four-year-old girl go down to the shop and get, like, fish for her mom and, like, mm-hmm. bring it back and drop it off and, like, go get another ingredient. It's, like, it is the most peaceful show of all time. It's so cute. And then there's like narrators. There's narrators. Who talk yep. about how good of a job they're doing, but you can just hear it in Japanese. And then yep. like there, there's subtitles. I love the ones where like the little boy, it's usually the little boys get distracted and like start playing. Yeah, they do. Outside. <laughs> like, and they'll play and it'll show like the clock half an hour later. There was one in season one where a little boy was supposed to get orange juice from the house. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he just like stopped. He started playing. Played outside. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was an episode where like little it was the third thing she had to do it was after she like had to like go get some food from a neighbor and multiple then multiple errands multiple yeah. errands we're talking about multiple errands like I can't even do multiple errands it's amazing that's hard it's hard this one little girl had to get cabbage from the like grandma's grandma's cabbage patch maybe <gasps> and she missed the cabbage that was sitting in the shed and she went directly to the one that was still like attached to the ground oh, yeah. she spent 45 minutes twisting and turning the cabbage and she did and it finally and she finally did it and got it out and dry it's just oh that okay tm <laughs> that's someone i'd give a white house internship exactly. <laughs> she yeah, deserves when I, it when i tell you i teared up during that scene <laughs> I I teared up watching that. I, it's the best. It's so do they good. always do it? Honestly, <laughs> yes, they do. Good. Uh, if they didn't, I wouldn't. I don't think I could watch. They. It's 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 so hopeful because you're like they really are determined. This little okay. Last one. Can I? And then I'll, I'll stop. But this one little girl went to like give her dad an apron, and on the way back had to get pick up a watch for her mom. And she gets back to the shop, and she missed the watch store, and she starts crying and is bawling. And her mom's like, "It's okay, it's okay." And through tears, she's like, "No, I have to go get the watch for you." And goes back out and gets the watch, and the whole town cheers her on as oh. she does it. Stop! Yes. She gets the Rudy she gets, slow she clap. She gets the little, like, everyone's like, you can do it. It's right over. It's, you have to, you have to watch Old Enough. It's really the best. The episodes oh. are like 10 minutes long. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I'm convinced. Amazing. Uh, Dana, are you Sanity Corner or I feel petty this week? I'm Sanity Corner. Yeah. Sort of similar to a to an Old Enough. I'm fully back on board with the power of movies, capital M <gasps> movies. Yes. You know what I've been doing recently that I really like? We get all those screeners because we're we're uh, future Nepo parents. Uh-huh. So we're both in, uh-huh. in the guild. So we mm. get, you know, screeners of theater movies and we turn off the lights, make popcorn, put your phone in another room and watch like a real capital M movie with the lights off in your house. And it's 
great. I love. We that. watched last night. We watched the Fablemans. Ooh. Ooh. Would you recommend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know that Steven Spielberg knows how to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I think I was like. I, th- I like kind of put it off. Like I hadn't seen it until now because I was like, oh, it's going to be like a little treacly. It's going to be like the power of cinema, like whatever. But it's not like it's really like smart and interesting and fun. And I- we had a-, a great time. And I'm just I'm back in on movies, I- baby. I'm back in on it, too. I like that a lot. Hmm. Go on. Is is there a reason that you- you're <laughs> on movies now and you weren't before? I think like with the. I don't want to blame the pandemic for anything, but I do think I sort of fell into the habit of just like watching a lot of TV and rewatching a lot of TV and sort of like using my TV as like a background noise box where like I would just like throw on Gilmore Girls and then just like also be on my computer. But it's like, you know, we saw the Banshees of Inishirin and I went to (gasps) a theater to watch it. Loved it. And I was like, you can't get this half mm-hmm. rewatching Gilmore Girls. And I love Gilmore Girls, but it's a different thing. And I just had to reteach myself to get into that habit. Movies are great. I Go have movies. to say, we saw Top Gun Maverick. Another capital movie. Blown away. Blown okay. away. Blown away. Like cried. Like cheering. Like I was a maniac. I agree with you. It is. I find it hard to do at home, though. I get too distracted. It is. That's why I've had to do the lights off phone in another room separately. I I I have to like. I agree with you. I think it was like, I don't know what it was about. I don't want to blame the pandemic, but it was a pandemic. But there was something about what not. I think I was too stressed to watch something completely new or something. Like I just Mm -hmm. kept watching easy, easy TV and like little babies on errands. So I completely agree with you. I'm right back. in. I finally saw everything everywhere all at once. Mm. Amazing. Blow, blown away. Absolutely blown away. So, Dana, I'm, yes, I love this. Mm-hmm. Should we host the Oscars? I mean, yeah, should we? <laughs> yeah. I'd watch. <laughs> I feel like you have to wear like helmets and have like protection around the stage in case you say something that makes somebody mad. <laughs> Dana, Nepo Baby question for you Will your children be getting your DVD screeners? Absolutely. It's like it goes at first to the grandparents and then to the mm-hmm. to the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the uh, classic ne- Nepo baby line of. Exactly. Can we very quickly talk about how in Top Gun Maverick they were so careful not to say who the enemy was? We never see a race or an ethnicity so, or a country. So oh. careful. I was Black like, helmet. I was like, it's cold. I kept trying to figure it out. It was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it could be North Korea. It could be Russia. Oh, they we'll don't. They know. just. They just don't tell you. Yeah, could be a no. non-state actor. It could just be uh, Antifa. For all we know. Could just be Antifa. They just, they try so hard because they're like, look, this movie is going to make no one mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it didn't. Right. It was great. (laughs) Everyone loved it. Um, I have to say that I am starting to come around to movies because I think that TV has gotten really audacious with how they treat my time. Like, (laughs) um, like I do not think it's fair for a a novel. I'm just going to, I'm going to obscure what this is about. But a novel that is like, um, you know, 200 and I think Dana probably knows 200 and some pages long being made into a multi-season show of TV. I don't I'm not into it. You, Dana, you can tell me off air which what you think it is, because it, 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 it I put it in the chat. Oh, no. But that's a good point. 
I will put, I will, I will tell you the truth of, of what I'm thinking about when we, when we get off the air. Um, yeah, I think they yeah. just waste our time and a movie is like, okay, you have three hours or less, hopefully less to tell a story and tell it in the three hours. And it's like an event and you can sit down like Dana was saying in, in your house and just like, enjoy yourself for the three hours. For Hanukkah, I got Ian one of those. He likes making stovetop popcorn. I got him one of those like popcorn makers that with like a little crank Aww. that like makes it evenly cook. Cute. <laughs> so we've been doing like like home cook popcorn. It's great. People, I mean, look, bring back movies. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> in out TV in movies. <laughs> all right. On that note, that is all the time we have for this first episode of Hysteria of 2023. Tian and Dana, thank you so much for stopping by. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die per huge. Looking forward to the next time we are in the same room together. And listeners, if you like what you heard, please rate us, review us, tell your friends, and there will be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer, and Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Nia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. At KPMG, our people make the difference. It's not just something we say, it's what we do. Combining the power of people and technology, we uncover brighter insights, innovate bolder solutions, and create better data-driven outcomes. KPMG, make the difference. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not.